We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. Senator Rand Paul was allegedly assaulted at his own We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. The coronavirus. There are fears a rapidly spreading virus has reached Australia. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go, Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you in Christmas drywall declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. So what message do the rest of us take from what's happened over the past three weeks? It's very simple. The message is force is more effective than voting. Elections change nothing. Rioting, by contrast, makes you rich and powerful. When you riot, prosecutors will ignore the law on your behalf. Corporations will send you millions. Politicians will kneel down before you. It works. Violence works. Welcome to Inside Four Walls with your host James Madison. Please enjoy the show. So, for the one o'clock upload, I want to talk about something that I think more Americans need to be aware of when it comes to measuring inflation in this country. It is so much worse than either of us, any of us, think. I say either of us oftentimes because I think of the microphone as an avatar for you, right? The audience at home being here with me. It may sound kind of crazy, but that's how I look at the microphone. It is just, uh, it, it's a, your guys' emissary sent to me to talk to. But before we cover any of the news stories today, I want to take a minute and read to you a little bit of an article from Investopedia. So going forward, we can have some uh, understanding of where I'm coming from as we continue. From Investopedia, by Barclay Palmer, updated July 23rd, 2001, reviewed by Robert C. Kelly. Why is the Consumer Price Index controversial? The Bureau of Labor Statistics, the BLC, BLS, produces a Consumer Price Index, CPI. It is the most widely watched and used measurement 
of U.S. inflation rate. It is also used to determine the real gross domestic product, GDP. From an investor's perspective, the CPI as a proxy for inflation is a critical measure that can be used to estimate the total return of nominal bias required for an investor to meet a financial goal. For several several years, there have been controversy about whether the CPI overstates or understates inflation, how it is measured, and whether it can be appropriate proxy for inflation. (laughs) One of the primary reasons for this disillusion is that economists differ on how they feel inflation should be measured. Key takeaways. For several years, there has been controversy about whether the CPI overstates or understates inflation how it's measured, and whether it is appropriate proxy for inflation, too. Over the years, the methodology used to calculate CPI has undergone numerous revisions. Three, some critics view the methodology changes and switch from cost of good index, COGI, to cost of living index, COLI, as a purposeful manipulation that allows the U.S. government to report a lower CPI. And before I get into 0.5, you can fact check me on this, but we covered it. The Biden administration, uh, six or seven months ago now, called all these major networks to the White House to have a meeting about how to uh, softball the coverage of the of the economy. I'm not saying that's connected to this, but the Biden administration, meaning the government, has an interest downplaying inflation. Remember, they're saying it's 7.14 now. We'll get into that too. And point four. There are three different definitions of the CPI. Since these definitions are not operationally equivalent, each method of measuring inflation leads to a different result. Controversy. Now, I don't know if this we'll talk about it or not, but Reagan changed the first major revision that I know of came under Ronald Reagan. When the economy was at such a high point, they thought there was no way the economy would go lower than where it was previously. So they raised it a little higher as to what they considered to be uh, in the red. They raised that up. And they also tweaked how they measured in general. But let's get into this part, the controversy. Originally, the CPI was determined by comparing the price of a fixed basket of goods and a service spanning two different periods. In this case, the CPI was cost of good index, COGI. However, over time, the U.S. Congress embraced the view that the CPI should reflect changes in the cost of maintaining consistent standards of living. Consequently, the CPI has evolved into Cost of Living Index, COLI. Over the years, the methodology used to calculate the CPI has undergone numerous revisions, according to the BLS. The changes removed by bases that cause the CPI to overstate the inflation rate. The new method- methodology takes into account changes in the quality of goods and and uh, 
subsequent suppositions. The changes in purchases by consumers in response to price changes. Changes the relative weighing of the goods in the basket. The overall result tends to be a lower CPI. However, critics view the methodology changes and the switch from COGI to COLI as a purposeful manipulation that allows U.S. government to report lower CPI or consumer price index. John Williams, a U.S. economist and analyst of the government reporting, prefers a CPI inflation measure calculated using the original methodology based on a basket of goods having uh, quantities and qualities fixed. David Ranson, another U.S. economist, also questions the official CPI viability as an indicator of inflation unlike Williams. Ranson does not espouse the viewpoint that the CPI is manipulated. Instead, Ranson's view is that the CPI is a lagging indicator of inflation and is not a good indicator of current inflation according to Ranson increases in the price <coughs> in the price of commodities are a better indicator of current inflation because inflation in- initially affects commodity prices and it may be several years for a commodity inflation to work its way through an economy and to be reflected in the CPI Ranson bases his inflation measure on the commodity basket of precious materials. What is immediately apparent is that there are three different types of definitions of CPI. Since these definitions are not operationally equivalent, each method of measuring the inflation will lead to a different result. Different CPI or inflation levels. The different methods measuring inflation produce dis- uh, <coughs> Desperate indications of inflation. For the same period, for example, November 2006, Consumer Price Index Summary, which is published by the BLS, started, quote, During the first 11 months of 2006, the CPIU rose at 2.2%, seasonally adjusted annual rate, SAAR. Williams estimated estimate of the CPI for the same period was... 5.3%, while Ransom's reported it was 8.2% estimated, which you'll note those are much higher than what the government told us it was back then. The difference between BLS, CPI, and the figures obtained by Williams and Ransom would be of significant magnitude, whereby the CPI is manipulated downward. The outcome of an investment plan could be less than effective. Therefore, a prudent investor may wish to obtain more insight and a better understanding of these desperate views of CPI and inflation measures and the effects they may have on their investment decisions. Inflation and Profit Calculations the rate of inflation also impacts the results of investors and analysis calculate 
as they determine the returns on a portfolio. Investors most calculate their total required rate of return, RRR, on a nominal basis, taking into account the effects of inflation. As the inflation rates increase, higher nominal returns must be earned to obtain a desired rate of return. The nominal annual required total return is approximate as the real required return plus the rate of inflation. For short investment horizons, the approximate method works well. However, for long-term investment horizons such as 20 years or more, a slightly different method should be used because the approximate method will introduce additional inaccuracies, which will compound as the investment horizon increases. A more accurate estimate of the nominal annual required total returns is calculated as the product of 1 plus the annual inflation rate and 1 plus the required real rate of return. The following table, you won't be able to see this, so it's irrelevant. But you get the idea. There is no agreed upon set established way of measuring inflation. And when you use the original two methods, like our two friends here were using the same two methods that the government doesn't like to use, the amount of inflation is double, if not occasionally triple, apparently. With that being in mind, owing to this full article will be in the description of this podcast, but we really must must move on, unless I bore you with more of these stats and statistics and investing numbers that you probably don't care that much about. We now move on to the Lodestar, making sense of the supply chain. The article, of course, will be in the description. More pressure on U.S. Own, owner trucks as inflation puts the brakes on demand. Article by Ian Putziger in Toronto. After an extended run on the high roads to profit, the U.S. trucking industry appears to be headed for, bumpy, for a bumpy ride. That will take a toll on the rates thanks to significant economic pressures, including fuel costs. The latest monthly freight market reported from Arrive Logistics indicates a sharp turn in the parameters that shape demand for trucking and rates. Quote, conditions are likely to experience a meaningful shift due to surging oil and gas prices. The forecast for the remainder of 2022 is now expected to, uh, to experience deflationary rate conditions. But how far and how quickly rates fall is highly dependent on the future inflation, rising fuel prices, and how they play out, end quote, the report's author notes. It was released in the aftermath of the jumping fuel prices in the first week of March to a record $4.85 per gallon for the national average diesel price. The price surging was more than double the previous week-on-week record increases. In the short term, this will push freight pricings higher as capacity remains constrained but down the road it should push the opposite direction bullshit 
fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been talking. Every outlet has been talking. Inflation will be going down around the corner. Around the corner. And much like the goddamn speaker of house, there is no circling back. They just keep pawning it off on the next month, the next month, and the next month. Remember when we were covering inflation originally? And every day was something new. Oh, inflation is here, but it's not as bad as it seems. Inflation's here, but it's actually a good thing and part of capitalism. Inflation's here, and you should be happy because even though everything's more expensive, you're going to get paid more. They kept lying to you and bullshitting you and sugarcoating for they were finally like, inflation's here, and it's going to get bad. Sorry, I got a little emotional there. I just don't like when I read articles and they try to push bullshit. (sighs) Quote, the surge in oil and gas prices is expected to accelerate inflation and carrier renovations leading to deflationary market conditions as the year progresses, they warned. I'm not going to see these go down. They're lying to yourselves. And you know what, if I'm wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong, but I'm telling you, They've been talking about prices and inflation going down for a long time, and it never happens. Quote, The backlogs in manufacturing and industrial production are still strong, but continued inflation poses a threat to production levels as costs rise. Continued inflation and rising interest rates would also present a downside risk to residential construction as housing costs rise due to an increased cost of building materials, the report warns. According to Arrived Analysis, inflation, that's a company, Arrived is a, is a inflation measuring company. Analysis, inflation is one of two factors that have entered the mix that determined demands going forward, which had previously been largely dedicated by backlogs and supply chain disruptions. The second element is inventory levels, which have risen significantly this year. The analysis attributed this to a combination of over-ordering for the peak late arrivals of goods ordered for the peak and softening demand. Consumer appetite for goods will likely be impacted by the pent-up demand for services and travel as COVID restrictions ease, resulting in fewer goods being ordered. Earlier this month, tender rejections were down in the dry van. This is the fuck does that mean? Earlier this month, tender rejections were down in the dry van and refer segments, but rose in a flatbed sector, owning the start of the construction season. Load to truck ratios in the truckload market hit their lowest level since mid 2020. Deflationary pressure are likely to increase the long inflation and puts the brake on demands. Quote, there are many uncertainties that remain surrounding the conflict in Ukraine, and what that means for the duration and the magnitude we will see in terms of impact on fuel prices and domestic freight market. However, we believe this situation is likely to be resolved in the near term. Bullshit. 
I just don't buy it. I just do not fucking buy it. And furthermore, these gas prices were already predicted to hit these high rates before anything happened with Ukraine and Russia. So again, I don't fucking buy it. Let's continue. One of the most likely scenarios of declining truckload demand and an increase in capacity associated with larger fleets is a mix that should result in deflationary market conditions should fuel prices remain elevated for a prolonged period of time they fucking will be you're not going to see them drop down you may see these occasional little breaks right these tiny little light moments but eventually you can get to a point where two dollars is a good price and eventually you can get to a point where three dollars is a good price and eventually five dollars will be a good price and it's going to keep going like that until eventually we get to a point where i don't know maybe eight dollars is a good average price at least it's better than eight fifty. Look at parts of California, and look at parts of the Netherlands, for example, of the, the exact thing I'm talking about right now. But let's get back into this article. The impact on the trucking market will hit owner-operated the hardest, as they do not have the financial muscle to withstand lasting pressure on margins since. The early days of the pandemic, their numbers have billowed. It is estimated that over 70% of the more than 100,000 new carriers contain just one vehicle. Arrive analysis point to the aftermath of the storms Katrina and Rita in 2005. I saw a few prices surge, 55 cents in a month. Nothing that is resulted in a high number of revocations of carrier-operated licenses. Quote, if our, heart, if our hypothesis regarding truckload demand declines due to rising inflation is correct, the opportunity in the, sh- in the spot market will begin to dry up as truckload demands fall. This will only make access to freight more difficult, but the competition among carriers could intensify, resulting in a rapid spot rate declaration or deceleration, putting further financial strain on carriers, they say. End quote. Quote, although this appears to be pulling capacity off the roads, we believe it would actually act to resolve the equipment and driver shortage problems for larger carriers which are more equipped to handle this cash flow meaning fuck you owner operated big corporate trucking companies are going to survive and you will fucking drown in debt sounds like Lodestar is celebrating that they're writing in that they're writing about that as if it's a good deal so i implore any and i know there's some new truckers listening to my podcast because we met at the convoy Keep that in mind, because I know the Lodestar is kind of popular with some truckers. It was brought to my attention by truckers at the convoy. They are celebrating owner-operated possibly going out of business because they can't afford to keep up with big corporate trucking. They're celebrating that. Keep that in mind. It's important that you reach out to any company that supports you. For example... Uh, a shout out, unsponsored, but 5F, I believe, or F5, the trucking logistics company, has sponsored and supported the convoy. So you need to support companies that support you. 
and support news outlets that support you. Any outlet that celebrates independently owned companies struggling are ran by sick bastards that have nothing in heart. They are morally and ethically bankrupt and should be condemned. But let's wrap up this article and let me get my soapbox. Although it appears to be pulling capacity off the roads, we believe it would actually act to resolve equipment and driver shortages problems for larger carriers while I'm happy for them, which are more equipped to handle the cash flow constraints and have less exposure to the spot market's vulnerability and volatility, therefore giving them the ability to attract owner-operators and their equipment, meaning owner-operators are going to be working for these big firms and no longer be independent. Aren't you just fucking thrilled to hear it? Now, let's move on to the last article for this one o'clock upload of the Inside Four Walls podcast. And we now go to that last article from Insider. Americans should budget an extra $5,200 this year to cover rising prices. Bloomberg Economist estimated. Ben Wink, March 29th, 2022. Inflation will cost the average U.S. household an extra $5,200, Bloomberg Economist said. About 2,200 of that inflation tax will come from pricier foods and energy. They added extra savings and wage growth will cushion the blow, but rising prices will still leave Americans paying more. Americans haven't had to worry too much about factoring inflation into their budget for the past four decades. That's changing in 2022. That was changing in 2020 during the fucking pandemic, too. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm trying to work, work that. I'm trying to work on my custody. I genuinely am. I'm just tired. And my will to fight my natural proclivity. Cursing is very weak right now. The red-hot inflation expected to last throughout the year will leave the average U.S. household spending $5,200 more compared to the year prior. Just the year prior. Bloomberg economist Andrew Husby and Anna Wong said in a Tuesday article that boils down to an extra $433 per month on the same goods and services as last year. Imagine where we will be next year. And remember what I said about measuring cost. No one agrees on it. And when you don't use the ones that I guarantee you they're using, they're probably using the government one to measure this. The other two accepted ways of measuring inflation always mark us at a much higher rate than what the government wants to tell you. Quote, accelerated depletion of savings will increase the urgency for those same, for those staying on the sidelines to join the labor force, and the resulting increase in labor supply will likely dampen wage growth, they said. In other words, as people spend their built-up savings, they'll need to go back to work, and employers won't have to pay them so much to lure them back. 
The estimate offers yet another bleak characterization of this year's sky-high inflation. Closely watched inflation gauges, like the Consumer Price Index, which I just referenced, is measured in three ways, and the way the government prefers to measure it often underestimates it, if not always. have already shown prices soaring at the fastest pace since 1982. Again, the way they measure it's bullshit. It's probably more like the 1920s or 30s, comparatively to the Great Depression. Um, Inflation-adjusted wage growth was negative for most U.S. workers last year, meaning their buying power weakened despite salaries rising at a historic pace. The economy is healing, but skyrocketing prices are making a recovery painful for nearly all Americans. Food and energy costs, which include gasoline and home heating, account for $2,200 of 2022's inflation. The economist said that poised said that's poised to hit a low-income American the hardest, such as households having at having at least having the least savings to cushion against rising prices. The wage growth is expected to slow through the year, but it hasn't. They keep saying that, but it hasn't. It's only gotten worse. Every new report consistently shows it getting worse and every one of these reports that shows it getting worse says it'll be better by next month and it never is it just never fucking is they have you're a fat kid that's what you are you're a fat kid and they got a hat on your head and coming from the hat is a stick with a twinkie dangling on it and they're like you run the block five times the stick will shorten magically and the twinkie will get closer to your face and instead the twinkie gets farther and farther and farther and farther away. Somehow it's having a Pinocchio effect, where the more you work towards it, the farther the Twinkie becomes. And you just keep running. You just keep running. And eventually running, you burn off all that fat. Then you burn off everything you have. You burn through your resources, and then you're this scrawny, bulimic, starved, withered husk of a person. That's what they're doing in this country. They keep having us, they keep telling us, oh, it's going to be better next month, and it never is. And they keep telling us how to spend our money, how we shouldn't spend our money. They keep giving us different different advices on how to do our money every month. And it never helps, though it gets worse. I have some advice for them. How about you stop printing fucking money? Hmm? How about that? Have you considered not printing any more fucking money? How about no more funny money? Just just shut down the printers. Set the money printers on fire as far as I'm concerned. Burn down the Federal Reserve. And then we'll see our economy start to get back to normal. That last thing just got me on a watch list. I guarantee it. <sighs> but this is such bullshit. I'm tired of them constantly telling us it's going to get better. And it never, ever gets better. Ever. Back to the article. Food and energy inflation could fully offset their pay growth. The Bloomberg economist said, recent world events, like what I wonder, could drive the projected price tag even higher. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has already lifted food and energy prices and thrown new headwinds at global supply chains. If the conflict lingers, it could further stroke inflation. Biden in office every day strokes inflation, even without this going on in the background. Bloomberg estimates, in a downside scenario, 
prices for crude oil could climb as high as 160 per barrel. Separate estimates suggest that would lift the U.S. average gas price above $5 a gallon. The nationwide average food, uh, nationwide average stood at $4.25 a gallon as of Tuesday, according to AAA, a level that's already near record highs. I know what state you're in, to be completely honest. Inflation would be ruinous. Inflation won't be ruinous, the economist said. Bloomberg estimates that of the $2.5 trillion in extra savings built up during the pandemic, only 27% will go towards a higher cost. I just don't buy it. That still leaves room for a solid increase in aggregate spending. The term said much of that extra cash sits with the bottom 80% of earners, they added. Meaning, they'll be more buoyant by pandemic-era savings. And I just don't fucking buy it. This is all money we're going to be taxed on. This is all money. Every one of those stimulus checks and those monthly benefits people arrive is what helped skyrocket us to where we are. And do not ever let that orange, orange guy that used to be in office skate by. He helped shut down the country. He okayed stimulus checks. And then when he was running for president again, Trump said, vote for me, and I'll give you $2,500 stimulus check. And then he was like, tell you what, vote for me, I'll make it $3,500 stimulus check if you vote for me. He was literally using, abusing the economy to try and get reelected. Never let Trump forget that. He killed his own economy. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't recover from it. I think Trump easily would have rebuilt the economy if he was still in office right now. But he is the one who came up behind the economy. He strengthened and took a bat to the kneecaps of. Never let Trump live that down. Remind him of that. That's what he needs to be questioned on. Why? If he's such a good economist, why did Trump shut down the entire economy? Why did he okay Why did he let it happen? But let's finish this article. There's not much left. Prices rising across the board, it will be nearly impossible for Americans to dodge this year's inflation tax. But with the Federal Reserve taking the fight to the price surge and pandemic savings still strong, 2022 might represent the worst of the high inflation era. I just do not buy it. Consider me pessimistic if you want. I just do not fucking buy that story at all. But you know what? We'll just see if I'm right or not down the road. And that also brings us to the end of the one o'clock upload for Inside Four Walls. This article again from Business Insider, and all the articles will be found in the description of this podcast. Americans should budget an extra $5,000 this year to cover rising prices, Bloomberg Economics Estimate, by Ben Wink, March 29th, 2022. I, uh, I, I appreciate the optimism from these writers, but I just do not buy it. Every month I hear how things are going to get better. Every month they say something different about inflation. Originally it was, inflation's not our peer. That's, that's a myth. And then it's, 
Well, inflation is here, but it's only temporary. It'll be gone in a couple weeks. Then a couple weeks goes by. <laughs> oh, inflation is actually great for the economy. It's a natural part of capitalism. And then it continued. Oh, inflation's here to stay, but it's good because even though everything costs more, you're gonna get paid more. And they always left out the little detail, whereas everything rises, you stay trapped with everything remaining. Well, you know, they start raising food prices, and you start getting paid a little extra at the same time. That's not a sign of capitalism, that's a sign of a depleting dollar. A capitalist society, what would happen is you'd be paid more while the cost of goods goes down because of a supply chain sustained by a worker-based economy. And we had that. We had that for about three years of the Trump presidency, and the 2020 happened, and it shut all that down. But they keep telling us it's going to get better. Oh, inflation's good for you. Inflation's good for the economy. Pardon me. changing their story with inflation. It's never consistent. It's never the same. And I hope I'm wrong about this. I hope things magically do go down. 2022 is just one bad year out of, out of Biden's already two-year term. Because we're almost halfway through Joe Biden's second year in office. And it has not left me running off to- I have not run out of topics to talk about. Every day it's a new blunder for me. That's worth talking about. But that being said, I've been James Madison. This has been Inside Four Walls. I'll see you guys again tomorrow.